Thank you for listening to the Crossroads Sermons podcast. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.crossroadstw.org. Man, amen, church. Uh, Ryan and, and Bree, thank you for worship this morning. Come on, y'all. Come on, come on. Even with a little bit of technology and technical difficulties, man, we serve a God who is above technology. He's above all this stuff. He's above the smoke. He's above, matter of fact, every name. Uh, he's above every single name. The name of Jesus will be worshiped forever and ever, and that is the only name that matters throughout all of eternity, on this side of heaven, but also on the other side of heaven. So I'm excited, man, for 2022. Happy New Year to you. Those watching online, thanks for tuning in. We're grateful for you. Thanks for tuning in again. I know you're tuning in from different places, and we want to know how we can serve you, how we can um, best pray for you. So let us know in the comments section there. We want to make sure we can reach out to you in some form or fashion. You know, 2020 and 2021 were like those really bad, bad little cousins. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Those little, those little bad cousins, man, they just, they roll together. And when you see them, you kind of want to walk away from them. You want to distance yourself from them. I mean, they, it was just those, the last two years have been extremely hard. So I want to say thank you for being here this morning. And what we want to do as a church, I love the vibrancy. I love the passion. I sense uh, God is getting ready to do something extraordinary in the life of this church. I really believe it with my whole soul. But it starts with what we're going to talk about today. You know, New Year's is great. You know, going into a new year, we have new goals I mean, y'all have heard this before. This is not rocket science. It's not going to be really new to many of us in the room, but we have New Year's resolutions. We have new convictions, right? New convictions, okay? First one is this. Well, I'm going to get a gym membership. I mean, how many of y'all said that? Amen. Okay? Some of y'all already doubt. You've already paid. You already doubt. You have planned already that you're not going to, you're going to do like once a week or like half of the week, right? You don't go every single day. You're not going to do that. But, but gym memberships, what about saving more money? I want to be a better steward of what God has given me. I want to be a better steward. What about stop smoking? You know, cigarettes, you know, Virginia Slims. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But what about this? Maybe destructive habits. Maybe you, you say, look, I want to serve. I, I, need, I need to get in the game. I love what Liz talked about a little while ago. I need to get in the game. It's no longer me coming and sitting in the seats. I need to get in the game and, be, and use what God has given me for the betterment of his kingdom and for the advancement and for the building up of, of his people. What about just friendships? I mean, some of y'all need to let some people go. Don't drag them into 2022. Ooh, no, he didn't. Some of us, we need to get rid of some folk. Causing bad habits. Paul would say this in Romans. Good, um, bad company corrupts what? Good morals. So there's a dynamic there. For some of us, that is what it is. You have to make sure you choose better friendships going into 2022. Well, out of all of this, those are great, and many of those will be broken by the end of January, amen. But those are great, but I really believe this. We have a special time of prayer in just a little bit. I really believe this. Stay with me. The greatest ambition, the greatest focus that any of us ought to have going into 2022 is this that we know Jesus deeper. 
We know him deeper. I'm not talking about just knowing him superficial. I'm not talking about mere religion. I'm not talking about uh, just being a part or in the church or in the seats of a body uh, or a church or building, if you want to say that. I'm talking about literally knowing him deeper. It's amazing because our dear friend Paul is going to help us out this morning in a culture that's drifting farther from the truth. It's more advantageous for you and I to dive deeper into our walks with Jesus Christ. Why? More than ever. We live in a post-Christian era. Do you all understand what that means? As you have your Bibles turned to Philippians chapter 3, we live in a post-Christian era. That means that you and I, we live in a time where uh, the authority of God's word is being questioned. But not only that, we also live in a time where Jesus is just seen as one amongst many, and this has been the case for some years now, but now it's even heightened. We're in a, a culture now, in a, a post-Christian era now, where people say, well, uh, I don't need the church. I can just kind of watch online all the time. I don't even need the church anymore. Or I can just do my own thing, be a Lone Ranger Christian. I don't need the body. I don't need um, to read my Bible weekly. I don't even need to pray. This is where we're at, church. And so I'm telling you, it's more advantageous for you and I to lean in, to go deeper into our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. There are three crucial, three dynamics that all of us will face this year that we need to even ask ourselves or even get ready for. One, out of the gate, I've kind of told you this already, we, we need to know Jesus. Some of us, we're going to have a deeper passion for Jesus this year. Again, and not talking about just going to a Bible study. We have some great um, auxiliary ministries that are firing up here next week. And, and uh, man, all these are the next couple of weeks. But, but here's the deal. We want to, it's not just Bible studies. We, we have to dive deeper into the soils of the resurrection. We have to dig deep into not just mere ink on the pages. We have to not just study the Bible, but see the Bible, study the Bible, and realize the Bible is studying us. But then therefore, hear me say this, we study the Bible to meet the God of the Bible. Amen. So many of us, we're going to go deeper. But here's another one. We're going to all have hardships. Like to be, remain some insurmountable, some we didn't see coming, some self-caused, some unself-caused. And they all look different. But then here's another one. This is what Paul is going to help us with this morning. Things and stuff is going to compete for your attention. Things and stuff, your attention and your loyalty. Oh, you better rest assured that this year, many things are going to compete for your attention and your loyalty, your affections. So this morning, I want us to read a great, great, famous set of verses from Paul in Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 7. We've heard these many, 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 many times over. But I really think this is a great recipe, as Pastor Josh Steckle did a great job last Sunday. Hey, man, thank you, Pastor. Did a great job, man. I love what God is doing. That's good. Come on. Come on, y'all. That's good. I love what God is doing through the teaching team here, and uh, it's only going to get more robust in the days ahead. But what about this four slogans? Some of y'all are going to be like, no, I'm ready to walk out right now. 2022, less of you. In 2022, less of you. 
You say, well, Marcus, what do you mean? I mean, I'm here. I'm existing. I have a family. I have a job. I have stuff. What do you mean less of me? Well, in other words, dethrone yourself and put Jesus on the throne. And here's what Paul is going to say about that. But, verse 7, chapter 3 of Philippians, but whatever gain I had, I'll go, I'll look at the previous verses and give us a little context on his resume. But whatever gain I had, I count as a loss for the sake of Christ, he says. For the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as a loss. Man, that's a big statement, Paul. What do you mean? Because of the, of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. In order, here's the purpose clause, in order that I may gain Christ. How many of y'all want to gain more of Jesus this year? In order that I may gain Christ, not be around him, not just want to rock the Christian gear, I want to gain Christ. But not only that, he says, I want to be found in him. If I'm going to get lost somewhere, I want to be lost in Jesus. If I want to be found somewhere, I want to be found in Jesus. Paul says, if you're looking for me, you can find me in Jesus, is what he's saying. Man, I better slow down. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God, that depends, here it is, it depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share him in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That's another one we don't like. That's not a coffee mug verse, by the way. That by any means I may obtain, attain, if you will, the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12, he starts getting more into our our context. Not that I've already obtained this, verse 12, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Is he talking about works? No, 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 no. I'll let you know in a little bit. Because Christ has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it, on, made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the, the call, he says, the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now here's verse, now this, is get, this gets interesting a little bit here. He says, verse, verse 15, he says this. Let those of us who are mature think this way. Many of us will say we're mature, but do we think this way? 22, less of you. How about having more of a spiritual mind? A spiritual mind. Not, 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 not what you want to do, not what I want to do, not what... Seems right, what deems right, what I, um, I calculated in the past as being right. But he says, let those of you who are mature think this way. And if anything you think, if any of you or one of you guys think otherwise, he says, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. So what I want to do is just pull out maybe four quick thoughts from this. We're going to have a special time of prayer at the back end. Here's some thoughts to ponder. Verse 7, he says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as a loss for the sake of Christ. Verse 8, he says, indeed, I count everything as a loss. He says everything. I'm going a step further. Why? Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus the Lord. First thought is this. Take a regular inventory of your soul. Going into 2022, I mean, so we're already, what, a day into this bad boy? Paul lets us know something very crucial, that if we don't take a regular inventory of our souls, 
man, things are going to creep in. Things are going to actually begin to bark and ask for our attention and our loyalty and uh, things will get sideways very fast in our families and in ministry, how we view ourselves. If we do not, you and I, myself included, take a, a very careful, regular, hear me say this, inventory of our soul. What do you mean, Marcus? I mean, watching for the things that will begin to, you'll put stock in. Well, what stock? Well, notice what the previous text talks about. Paul says, man, if anybody has room for confidence, if anybody has room to boast about anything, it's the apostle Paul. You say, well, man, that's not right. Well, Paul wrote over half of the New Testament, did you? He says, if anybody has room, if there's any nooks and crannies in regards to boasting, he says, I have all of that. And then he says, well, first of all, I want us to know this. We got to look out for the dogs. What dogs? He's not talking about, he's not an anti-dog person, okay? That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about Judaizers. Judaizers were people in that culture that try to mutilate the flesh, try to make you do things extra on top of the gospel. So Jesus plus something else, and this would merit, if you want to call it that, or reward you with having spiritual substance. So, but it was like, not just talking about the Judaizers, he was using a very visual picture that in the streets in this context in Philippi, there were mangy, nasty dogs roaming the streets. And so what Paul was saying, hey, look, as the audience listening to me, I want you to look out for the dogs. I'm going to talk about my resume in just a little bit, but watch out for these Judaizers, the mutilators of the flesh, he says. And it's like looking at the mangy dogs walking around. Well, he says, for we are the circumcised. And he goes on saying, if anybody has room to boast, there's reason, verse 4 says, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, 22 less of you, he says, uh, if anybody, I have the confidence. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, he says, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day. Look at his resume. His resume, cold. I mean, from a spiritual, legal, uh, religious standpoint, this boy's resume was impeccable. And the culture around him, had he just had a dissertation or had a, a, a moment of rhetoric, if you will, on a corner and shared his, his actual resume, people would be amazed. And Paul says this, I was circumcised on the eighth day, which is a sign of God's covenant with his people, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, -wee, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, he says, I was blameless. I was blameless. You couldn't find any fault in me, he says. But then something happened. You know, something happens when you meet Jesus. Now, again, I'm not talking about church. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about something really happens. Something happens when you meet the Mack truck of his grace, as David Platt would say, the Mack truck of his grace, and he, you really, you come out better versus being messed up worse. Here it is. He says, well, but, as I talked about on Christmas Eve, conjunction, junction, what's your function? Amen. But as a contrast to all the things that I once held stock to or what I once gave leverage to or what I once gave weight to in my life or what I once found my identity in. 
Paul says, now there's a shift. I need to have a spiritual mind, a settled mind, um, a, a non-negotiable mind. In other words, I'm not going to have a distracted mind. This is the case. Why? Because when I met Jesus, he did something extraordinary in me, so much so that all the things that I once in the previous six verses, everything that I once held high, now I consider them as a loss. In order that I may gain him, in order that I may gain him, that's what he's saying. In other words, it's like tug of war. Tug of war is that fun game. If you, if you don't have strong hands, it depends on the rope you're using too. I mean, you got to have a real, just gritty hands. If you use a big old, the light brown rope, you know the ones that just, it'll tear your hands up. But I remember like back in the day, like being a, camp, a counselor at a camp and stuff, we'd be, you know, counselors against the kids and we'd be doing all this stuff. We'd be having a tug of war. Y'all know it with the big mud pile in the middle. Y'all remember that? So as counselors, we knew something that the kids didn't know. We were going to let them win, and we're going to let go of the rope. We already knew it. Like before we even got to this actual outside wreck moment, we said, here's what we're going to do. And them kids were like, yeah, we got them. We got them. Come on, Kate. We got them. And we go, hey, we get a cue. And here they go. You, you watch all of them. Bing, ting, 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 ting. And they just fall all in the mud. Here's what I'm saying. For you and I, if we don't take careful, regular inventory of our soul as Paul did here, do you know that it's, it's going to be a tug of war for your soul in 2022? I must, again, we're not going to, if you're a part of Crossroads, one thing you'll know, we're not going to tickle ears here. We want to rightly divide the word of God. But there's going to be a war for your soul. There's going to be a real war and a battle for your mind. There's going to be a real war for your allegiance. There's going to be a real tug of war for uh, what you give your attention to. You got to take inventory. I was thinking about a store that just drives me nuts when I walk in. Like just so much stuff. Y'all ever been to stores, there's like so much stuff everywhere? And you go, man, at the end of the year, they have to take what? Inventory. And you walk in some of these stores, you're like, man, I'm glad I don't work here. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, right? There's emoji hands right here, y'all. Come on, y'all, come on. <laughs> I'm glad I don't work there. Like a store, Bed Bath & Beyond, anybody know about that store? There's still some around, I know, you know, for bankruptcy and things of that nature, but um, that one, what about like the dollar store? I mean, it's like, how, where do you start, right? And then when you deal with the public, we like them. We just like, we take stuff. We be, we be foul with it, man. The public is foul. Here it is. We'll take something. We'll take T-shirts. We'll take T-shirts all the way to the toy area. And, oh, I don't need this, so I'm going to drop it in the toy area. We'll take toothpaste, and we'll leave it by a can of uh, string beans, and so you got to mastermind and find all this inventory. But not just that, finding where things go rightly, but you also have to take inventory to find how much of what you have do you really have. So here's another big piece I think a lot of us missing this. Paul is saying, how much of, I have all of Jesus. The Spirit of God has all of me. The question is, how much of me have I given to him? Because when this happens, you and I will be given to shift gears in the the um, inventory stage will say, but whatever I counted as a gain, I counted as a loss for the sake of Christ. He's far more beautiful. I mean, he's far more worthy. 
A.W. Tozer said this, our hearts are factories of many different idols, of toys. Your heart, my heart, are just factories. There's so many toys in your own heart. You say, what toys? It's for you to discover. You got to take inventory. What you feed will lead. And what you would deny, what you deny will die. The spirit wants full control of your life, as Paul was saying in Galatians. But also the flesh wants full control. We got to be careful. Paul says, but whatever, whatever. You fill in the blanks, but whatever. Whatever I put in this category, but whatever gain I had, I count as a loss for the sake of Christ. And then he goes on to say, but not only that, I, I consider it all as rubbish. I count it as loss, but also he says rubbish. That word in the Greek is a very cool word. It's skubalon. It sounds like what it really is. Rubbish is dung. Paul is saying, everything that I have, his resume, in comparison to knowing Jesus, is like skubalon. It's like dung. In other words, scuba, you, you hear the word scoop. Paul is saying, everything that I have at one point, and by the way, this is the only place in the New Testament that this word is used. Rubbish. He's driving home a point. That when I really begin to give over more of my life to Jesus, give him more areas, more nooks and crannies, my fears, my anxieties, I'll be giving more of my heart, I'll be giving more of my soul, give him more of me because I have all of him, but I will never get to a place of saying, but whatever I gain, now I count it as a loss. Until you and I begin to take regular spiritual inventory going in 2022, we will never begin to see what we have as scubalon. Because what we have is like, oh, no, this is good. I, I work for this. I found my identity in this. Do you know that when you go to heaven, you're not taking none of this stuff? Like 2022, there's going to be loss in 2022. And we won't be able to take any of it. And Paul realizes, he said, man, all this stuff that I have, man, I'm, I'm good, man. It, I let it go. You know, a profound thing, many of y'all probably know this, but a profound deal. How many of y'all remember um, Charlie Brown's Christmas? Anybody remember that? It's like legendary. Like, you have to watch it. If you don't watch it during the holidays, it's like, the holidays ain't right. You know what I mean? So, but there's one scene where somebody was like, man, what's the real meaning of Christmas? Y'all remember that scene? Anybody remember? Come on, y'all. I know it's the new year, y'all. Hungover and stuff. Amen. From... But come on, come on. Y'all can talk to me. Come on. But there's one scene, and then who steps forward? Little light, little L boogie. Linus steps forward. What is Linus normally, what does he normally hold in his hand? What is it? A dirty blanket. Uh, okay, now you're getting very technical. A derby blanket. I don't know. A dirty blanket. Oh, not pig pen, but yeah, but, but a dirty blanket. A dirty blanket or just his security blanket, right? Have you ever wondered if you go back and watch this scene, that when he begins to talk about the real meaning of Christmas and the magnitude of God, he drops his security blanket. I mean, it's a little silly cartoon, but profound implications, especially when it comes to you and I. How great is God to you? How holy is he to you? How worthy is he to you? Has he taken you somewhere? Has he brought you out of something? Is he going to do great things in your life? The question is yes. The answer is yes. But how beautiful is he to you? In other words, he woke you up this morning. He started you on your way. He got air in your lungs. You have clothes on your back, food on your table. Now, that's the old Baptist church, missionary Baptist church. Now, it's a, 
Y'all got to get ready for that. But now, let me, yeah, but you got everything. You got every. He gives you every single thing. But yet, sometimes what we do is say, you know what, God, I'm good. I'm going to take inventory. I know I got you, but I got a couple other things too. And he wants you and I to know this going in 2022. The less of us that we focus on, truly enough, the deeper we'll truly go in Jesus. But the next, we got to see this. It's right living, verse 9. Right living is only found in the right place. In the right place, in Jesus. He is righteousness by itself. He encapsulates it. Look at verse 9. It talks about rubbish and, I mean, the gain of gaining Christ, right? And the whole idea of gaining Christ, by the way, let me go back. He used that word twice. When we let other things get in the way, it just hinders us from gaining Christ. Okay? He says, and being found in him, not having a righteousness, verse 9, a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, keep doing all the right things externally. He says, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. That, he, this, is, this, is, this is crazy. He says, so right living, 2022, take good inventory, because if I don't take good inventory, I'm not going to really want to have a righteousness that depends upon faith. Notice the progression in this. This is phenomenal. If you and I don't take regular inventory of our souls, what do we really hold weight to? What do we give value to? What do we find worthy? What do we deem our identity in or uh, whatever the case may be? If we don't have a healthy inventory regularly on a daily basis, what happens is we will begin to drift into works-based living. That means this. He says, I don't want to have a righteousness of my own. In other words, that means right standing. That's all it means. But we can't meet the standard because the standard was perfect. And the only person perfect was Jesus. So now we're saying, well, this is why I want to consider everything a rubbish in, the, in regards to gaining Christ. It's in this reason that I may be found in him, but I'm thankful that he did all that he did to make me right again with the father. Like that, there's no way. So the old song says this. We think we have what matters most or what this life can give, but when we yield it all to Christ, we've just begun to live. I mean, that's what happens. So in other words, righteousness. I mean, here's an idea. You and I only get to God by God's grace. You and I only get to heaven by God's grace. You and I only get to live daily by God's grace. You and I only get to, if you're married, be married by God's grace. If you're single, you are, you're single by God's grace. And it's a gift. We talked about this before. It's a gift. Don't look at it as a curse. It's not married, single. It's not like you're subservient. It's a lesser than. But everything that you and I have is by God's because of him. His righteous standard was met at the cross. Now, here's what I want to drive home. The danger is if you and I do not take regular inventory of our own hearts, our minds, and our soul, we will begin to drift from finding identity in Jesus. This is very clear. In our businesses, we'll begin to function like, hey, I got this. I don't need God. Jesus is just on Sunday, but my business is me on Monday. What, what, about, what about ministry? Here's the danger. I'm in it. What about ministry? You and I can get good at doing ministry and forgetting the person in which we're doing ministry and whom we're doing ministry for. This whole righteous standard, I got to make sure that this right living is only found in the one right person, and that right person is Jesus Christ. What about in your family? 
Oh, I got this. I can be a good husband. I can be a good father. I can, I can do whatever I want to do in my, own, in my own standing. No, you cannot. Let me tell you this. If you don't have the Spirit of God working in your life, you're going to be a very lousy husband. I'm just talking to the brothers. Women, y'all can figure out the rest. It's the same, somebody said. So in other words, some scholars would say this. I wrestled with this as I was studying. He says, I want to be found in him, but not having a, a righteousness of my own, but one that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith. I mean, some scholars say this, that what kept Paul from the Lord was not his sin, it was his goodness. Think about this theologically. Think about this theologically. Now you got to really think. Put your thinking cap on. Some of us, we think we're so good. I, I mess up sometimes too. My wife tells me all the time, look, you better, you better come on down to earth. But it was his goodness. He didn't think he needed Christ. He thought he was doing pretty good by himself. And let me just encourage you on this. If we, if we do not take regular inventory going in 2022, the shift will easily be. We'll worry about what people are saying. We'll worry about um, how we look. We'll worry about all these other things versus what the Lord has already said about us, what he's already said from eternity past about us, what he's going to say about us when we see him face to face, what really matters in the end game. The end game is this, that Jesus loves you. He just didn't love you and then send some other person to do the work. He loved you and he came and he, he settled the score. He's the first missionary. He adopted you. He redeemed you. He, he, he's forgiven you. He's, he sanctified you. He's going to glorify you in the end. And this is the great reality. If we don't live in this, Paul is saying, this is why now I consider everything scubalon. Scubalon, students. I mean, I, I mean, I may not get the highest grade. That's okay. If I get a B, it's okay. If, I don't, if I'm not the first person on the team to, to go to the league, it's okay. And by the way, many of your kids won't go to the league. So stop putting so much stock in that having more investment in the extracurricular versus their spiritual appetite. Paul is saying, nah, 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 nah. We got to get this right. I'm just surpassing through this thing called earth en route to somewhere else. And I'm going to see from this place, as he was saying, Colossians, where I'm a citizen of heaven, where my Savior comes from, that I'm going to see him face to face, and that's what it's all about. That's why, man, hey, look, I can consider it all scubalon. Let me keep going. You see, Jesus didn't die to make good people better, but he died to bring dead people to life. And, and the, the craziest thing is, in my philosophy class back in the day, it was so crazy. The concepts that our professor was throwing out, it was, I was getting lost in the class. It was like, philosophy is like, I mean, he, he walked in one day. If we're all in a wooded area, we're like, what the heck? We're in class. <laughs> and a tree happens to fall down. Did you hear it? Can we, make, can we hear the sound? Or is there no sound? That's philosophy. You're like, man, come on, man. Come on, man. I got my stomach. I, I'm ready to go to the cafeteria. Man, I ain't got to worry about no trees falling, not hearing. You hear my stomach growling? That's what I hear. You feel me? I mean, just, but other concepts within this class. And it got so crazy 
that I'm going to tell you, I mean, your pastor, I was getting a D in that class. Some being transparent, some of y'all laughing like, dang, no, no, don't hit on me. <laughs> but I began to lock in. But one thing that was crazy, the midterm came and half of the class, because we were leaving, everybody was like, man, this is crazy. Oh, my gosh. What, man, you understand this? No, you understand it? No, man, we, we're all lost. And so the professor, Dr. Kim, he said, hey, look, he sent us an email and he said, here's what I'm going to do for the midterm. I'm going to grade on the curve. But some of the content that I've been walking through this semester, the first half of the semester, I haven't spent quality time on. In other words, helping you to discover and to arrive at your own philosophical uh, landing strip so that you can actually understand the content and be able to rationalize, be able to argue well, all these good things, right? And so we got the email and everybody's like, cool. So man, boom, 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 boom. It's always that one person that's going to mess up the curve though. Right? And the ones that's laughing is probably you. Amen. Right? So, but what, what does that mean? We, we sometimes in the Christian life, we can get in trouble because we are hoping that God will grave on a curve. The Lord doesn't grave, he doesn't grade on a curve. And going in 2022, you and I, he wants us to know him. He wants you to know him. He wants you to fellowship with him. He wants you to uh, see how good and beautiful he is. He wants you to see that he wants to do things in you, but then through you. That's my word for myself this year. Lord, do something in me and then through me. But he wants that to happen. But a lot of times we say, Lord, I can just cut the curves. I don't want to consider everything scuba line. I want to still, ah, I can do inventory every other year. But uh, you know what I do? Uh, you know, uh, you know, grade on the curve, please. It doesn't work that way. So knowing Jesus, he will go on in verse 10 and 11, knowing Jesus will lead to living like Jesus. For the sake of time, I'm going to rip through this. He says that I may know him. And that know is very, is gnosko by experience. He's experienced it already, so then therefore he's able to live for him. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. In other words, he's saying this. Knowing Jesus will lead to living like Jesus. In 2022, do you want to experience his power? Let me see hands. I mean, this is... Some hands didn't raise, that's fine. I mean, I'm not going to coerce you, nor is the Spirit of God, nor is God going to coerce you. But I want to experience his power. I want to experience the supernatural. Like seeing God do something extraordinary in our life groups. Seeing God do something extraordinary right here off 242 in College Park. But not just here, but even beyond this area, into the woodlands, into Houston. We want to experience his resurrection power. I hope you do. What about sharing in his sufferings? We want the power, but we don't want the suffering, though. In order to really experience the power, we got to deal with the, we got to deal with the cross and we got to deal with the grave. You got, you got to journey through these. You and I, we can't by- bypass these. Well, being like him in his death, he says, I want to be found in him. I want to be like him. And then attaining, attaining, if you will, the resurrection from the dead. And then what happens, he says, I want to walk in my upward calling. Verse 12 says, and we'll land a plane, not that I've already obtained this or am, this is a little different. I'm just walking through the text this morning. It's a little bit different. It's not too preachy or sermonically. You're just like, yeah, it is preachy, but 
Um, the sermonic form is different. Not that I've already obtained this or am already perfect. That word perfect is telos. And what he's saying is not that I've already, I've grasped my hand. This is what Paul is saying. I've not reached, I haven't laid my hands on it yet. This is Paul talking. I haven't, I haven't arrived yet. I, I, I realize this. That if I don't take regular inventory of my life, this is not going to happen. But he says, one thing that I do know, I'm not going to aim too low in my spiritual walk. This year, don't aim low. On the count of three, let's just say this. Don't aim low. Y'all ready? One, two, three. Don't aim low. Paul says, I want to walk in this upward calling that he's called me to in Christ. Why? Because that's where it's at. It's a reason why. Your windshield is bigger than your rearview mirror. There's a reason, guys. Go forward. Go forward. The, I love what Triple E said. He's a, he's a Christian artist, but he said this. He said, man, hey, look, um, the only reason we ought to be looking in the rearview is if we're, we're meditating or even viewing Golgotha. Just remember what Jesus did for us. That's great theology. But God is taking you somewhere. You remember Lot's wife? You remember Lot's wife? Any Bible students in the room? God had a vision for them. God had already laid everything out. God had already given provision for them to leave. And what happened? Lot's little wife walking around like this here. Not following, not listening. Already had God's word. What did she do? She looked back. My fear is for you and myself included that the world becomes, quote unquote, so beautiful that it smoke screens how extremely beautiful God really is. And we live for the lie, and what happens is we say, yeah, man, okay, good, I'm doing good, man, I'm 90 days, whatever, boom, man, Bible study, I've been reading every day, okay, but then bam, keep going forward, keep going forward. Don't try to live today with a yesterday mindset. Don't try to live today with a yesterday mindset. Trust God's, this is my statement, we're going to land the plane. Trust God's hold on you more than your quote-unquote hold on him. In 2022, Paul says, this is the reason I can do this. This is the reason I can lay aside things. This is the reason I'm forgetting what lies behind me and I'm straining forward to what lies ahead. Because God has already called me to something in Jesus already. So now all I want to do is walk in it. I just want to walk in it. God has something for you to walk in. Ephesians chapter 2. Just walk in it. Just walk in it. Here's what Adrian Rogers said. Many of y'all remember him. In 2022, how about this? We ought to be living as if Jesus died yesterday. He rose this morning and is coming back this afternoon. That's the urgency. That's why Paul said, man, but whatever I gain, ooh, it's scuba line. Because Jesus is far greater and more worthy. And by the way, he's coming back. He's coming back. So let's do this. If you say, Pastor, I want to pray. Ben, you guys come on up and uh, get ready. I just want to pray. I want to, let's, let's just kneel. Let's kneel before the Lord. 
You say, I want to do that this morning. I want to kneel. I want to, you know, hey, you've been talking about taking a spiritual inventory and right living is only found in the right place in Jesus. I mean, all these cool things. I hear it. I see it in the text too. But, but I need a moment to just breathe, to process, to think, to have a spiritual mind. Now's that time. Every great awakening happens with prayer. Every great spiritual movement, whether externally in God's church or even internally in our own hearts and our souls and our homes, it starts with prayer. So here's what I'm asking you to do. This is it. 2022, less of you and less of me. Let, let's, let's pray. Like, not, not just, Lord, thank you for this meal. In Jesus' name, amen. But if you're physically able, I'm going to invite some to even come down to the front. Let's kneel at the altar. Let's not be ashamed. As a church, let's pray. Let's, let's, let's come to the Lord and let's give him. If you're worthy, everything else is kubalon. For the surpassing worth of knowing him, I want to I leave everything behind. Not saying that what he's given you and I is bad things. Some of the things are actually extremely good things, like family, health, work children, things in nature, they're really good. They're, they're phenomenal things. But he's saying, you know what? In comparison to actually experiencing and knowing him, all those things, they're as if they're, they're scuba line. I'm inviting more because I really believe as a church, the way we go forward is through prayer. It's through prayer. Any students want to come down? It's through prayer. Anymore on top, the way we're going to make it, church, the only way we're going to actually see extraordinary things is going to be this way. Scubala. God, you're greater. It's the only way that my soul can get to a place of articulating and saying that everything else is considered rubbish. Everything else I count as a loss. So Jesus, what we do this, in this moment, you see this, you knew this time would come. We love you and we worship you. Why? Because you live in the eternal now. It's a new year for us, but it's not a new year for you. You already know what's going to happen this year. You already know we're going to be in six months halfway through this year. You know where we're going to be at the end of the year. Lord, for that, we say thank you. So, but based on this passage this morning, oh God, as a church, as individuals, we want to bow our hearts and our knees and we want to say this, Lord, help us to consider everything else. Our quote-unquote resumes, what we deem and find security in and all this other stuff. Yeah, they may be great things, but they're not ultimate. Help us to have a holy passion again. Help us to fall in love with you afresh. And this is the issue with the church, Lord. That we've taken our eyes off you. 
Lord, forgive us. We made it about everything else, but Lord, I pray and we pray this morning that we will fix our eyes on you, Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Thank you that you know us. Thank you that you have a plan for us. We thank you that you never leave us, but help us to walk with you. Thank you that you hold on to us and it's not necessarily us holding on to you. So Lord, going in 2022, Master, we ask that we will literally see supernatural things. Not for the sake of it was cool and not for the sake of, oh man, Lord, that was just a, a cool little moment, but Lord, we want to see you show up and move. Move in our hearts, move in our conversations, move in our limbs and in our members, move in our homes, move in our marriages, Move in our, our singleness, oh God. Move in our retirement age, Lord. Move in everything. All that we are, will you move? Some of us, we need to give our life to you, and I pray today will be that day. I pray that people will not leave not knowing you. And so in this moment, you can say, Jesus, I realize that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and I need you. The righteous standard was too perfect, and the only person that was perfect enough to reach the standard was Jesus. And in him and only through him, we have the forgiveness of sins. So Lord, this morning, will you save my heart? Will you save my soul? What's a better way to start the year? And knowing Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. And then for the rest of us, Lord, we just want to lay our hearts down. I mean, I don't know what, what's going to happen. Lord, I, I, we, we just want to, we want more of you. Not superficial. Ah, Lord, please do something extraordinary. Blow our minds. Give us a hunger for the lost. Yes. Give us a passion for your word. Give us a passion for prayer. And may this not be something that's just in a moment. But may you start the fire in our souls. One soul at a time. Jesus, we want you in 2022. Holy Spirit, fall. the prayers we hear the unsaid prayers the hurts the hang-ups the baggage Lord thank you that you heal and forgive but Jesus we need you more than ever it's in Jesus name that we pray